Likuti Sichais, Chelik Yudzayin, that's volume 17, Sicha for Erev Pesach, Erev Chaga Pesach. This Sicha is a halachic analysis regarding the fast of the firstborn as it falls out this year on Thursday. And that is because really the firstborn typically fast on Erev Pesach. However, this year Erev Pesach is on Shabbos. On Shabbos, we do not fast, obviously. And therefore, it is postponed, but earlier, to Thursday. Now, in order to better appreciate the Sikh, I think it's worthwhile to quickly go through just a few main points, to familiarize ourselves with uh, those points that we will touch upon in the Sikh. Number one, whenever there's a fast that falls on a Shabbos, most of the fasts get pushed off to after Shabbos. For example, Tishabav or the 17th of Thomas, if it should fall on a Shabbos, it gets pushed off to Sunday. The only two that instead of pushing them off, we do them earlier, we do it prior to Shabbos, is when is the, uh, are the two fasts of Tainus Esther and the Tainus Esther, that's the fast we fast on the eve of Purim, and Tainus Bechorim, the fast of the firstborn, which we're meant to do on Erev Pesach. Now, it's, this is for obvious reasons, because you cannot push it off, obviously, because if you were to push off Tainus Esther onto Sunday, Sunday's Purim, right? The reason why Shabbos should have been Tainus Esther, because it's the eve of Purim. And the same is for this. You can't push it off because it's Pesach, it's the festival, it's Yom Tif, it's Cholomoyed. You can't push it off to then, so we do it earlier, okay? Now, actually, this same applies to Purim that would fall on a Shabbos. Now let me explain. Typically, Purim cannot fall out on Shabbos. The only Purim which can fall out, fall out on Shabbos is the second Purim, the Shushan Purim, or let's say the Purim that they celebrate in Yerushalayim. And in fact, again, this year being a very unique year, this is the actual case, as the 14th was on Friday, that's the Purim for the entire world, and Shabbos was the 15th, and we'll talk about later how they celebrate it. In short, the Megillah is read on Friday for everyone. That means even the people that would typically celebrate on the 15th, they cannot read the Megillah on Shabbos, and therefore it is forbidden, and therefore they join us, the entire world, in reading it on Friday. Now, another point that I want to cover is, what is really the reason for the fast of the firstborn? You see, essentially, all the firstborn, even including the Jewish firstborn, all faced the danger of the plague, of being, God forbid, killed, of being, God forbid, cut down by the plague of the firstborn. It's just that Hashem spared us, the Jews spared us, our firstborn. Thus, in the time that this was happening, the day that this was occurring, which is already the 15th on the Jewish calendar, because remember, this happened at night, the night of the 15th. So that is essentially the day that all firstborn who were in danger of being killed, should all be fasting. And this is really to commemorate the miracle that happened to them, to commemorate and thank Hashem for the miracle. However, on the 15th, you cannot fast. Why can't we fast? Because it's the first day of Pesach. How then are you going to celebrate Pesach? So therefore, it was established. It was pushed off. And it was done a day earlier. It was established to go on, to, to be practiced, to be observed on Erev Pesach, on the eve of Pesach. However, as we all know very well, we in fact, most of us, or if not all of us, do not 
fast. Why do we not fast? Because we substitute the fast with the celebration of a seal, the conclusion of a tractate in the Talmud, and that's enough cause of celebration to totally push off the fast. Um, another inter- uh, but, but another interesting thing that I would like you to just take note of is the concept of chinuch. Chinuch means education, literally, which means the mitzvot that we obligate a child to, to perform or we obligate the parents to teach the child to perform falls under the category of chinuch, of education, which the sages, it's a rabbinic decree, that we all are obligated to educate our children, to bring them up, that, that at such time when they become adults, they are already trained and accustomed to performing the mitzvot. Let's go into this sicha. So when Erev Pesach falls out on Shabbos, the rule is that the fast of the firstborn, which should have been on Shabbos, the eve of Pesach, actually gets pushed off to Thursday. Now, why is it Thursday? Why not on Friday? Why not just the day before? Why two days before? So we know the rule that as we never establish a fast on a Friday. Very rarely. There's only one fast on, in, on, the, on the schedule that if it falls on a Friday, we actually do fast. And that is the fast of the 10th of Tevet. Otherwise, we never fast on Friday. Why? Because of the kavod of Shabbos. Because of the honor of Shabbos. Thus, it's pushed off to Thursday. Here is the question. Here is where halachic analysis begins. What happens if somebody by mistake, say he forgot to fast on Thursday, didn't fast on Thursday? The question is, does that person, that firstborn, need to fast now on Friday? Do we say, look, when they, we establish the fast to be on Thursday, when it's pushed off to Thursday, because of the reasons above mentioned, that's only because this is, so to speak, the ideal thing. But now that we are after the fact, what we call bidiyeved, you know, this is already the situation. He's already in this pickle. So no choice. And you have to make up this fast. So you didn't fast on Thursday, you fast on Friday. And moreover, perhaps we can argue that for the public, for the community, for the majority, for the tzibur, we don't establish an official fast. But for an individual, yes, we do find that you could fast on Friday. And therefore, in this case, this person who obviously is only an individual who hasn't fast on Thursday, perhaps he should be obligated to fast on Thursday. Now, let's think of the arguments this way or the other, meaning why we should say that perhaps, yes, he is obligated to fast to make this up on Friday, or perhaps not. And this is, this becomes dependent on how we view, in other words, what is the status of this change? Do we say that the fact that it was pushed off to Thursday means that Thursday is merely a tashlumim? Tashlumim means a makeup for Shabbat. In other words, essentially, and not only essentially, but this still remains the fact, the real day for this fast is on Shabbos. The real day for when this person should have fasted, this firstborn, is on Shabbos. However, since you can't fast on Shabbos, so Thursday becomes the makeup day. Well, in that case, if you miss the makeup day, that means the obligation is still on your head and you're still obligated to do it. You have not fulfilled your obligation, thus you need to fast on Friday. Or perhaps do we say no? Once it's been changed for that day, it becomes as if this is the day of the fast. In other words, Thursday overtakes the essence of the obligation of the fast. It is no longer on Shabbos. It is no longer on Shabbos. Rather, it was switched to Thursday. So once Thursday passed and you didn't fast for whatever reason, you're no longer obligated because the obligation has evaporated. It's gone. 
okay? Where do we see an example for this, okay? So we actually have an interesting machloket, an interesting debate regarding boards of a sukkah, not of a schach. Now you know that the covering of a sukkah, the schach, has to, you know, has certain criteria. It can only be for something that grows from the ground, and it has to be under a certain dimension. Why? Because once it's over a certain size, say for example, the Talmud says a board that is that a board that is wide more than four, that becomes not a branch. It's no longer a stick. It's no longer a wooden branch. Rather, it's a building material. It's roofing material. Okay, it's a building board, and therefore it is not valid. It is not kosher for to be used as chach. So the debate is in the Talmud. What happens if he didn't put the board, lay the board down, but rather he stood it up on its narrow side? So he stood up on his narrow side, you no longer have the issue with it covering such a wide spot and thus being considered like building material, which is certainly renders it inappropriate for schach, but rather it's on, the, it's on the narrow side and it can still provide that little shade only. Well, one says no. And one says yes, in that case it's fine. But the other opinion says no. Once it's been rendered invalid, in other words, once it's become something which you cannot use for schach, even if you turn it over now, this will forever remain invalid. And the way he categorizes it, it's as if we view it as a metal pole. Now we all know that metal cannot be used for for uh, the purpose of schach, of, of covering the, the, the roof of the sukkah. So you see that, does it overtake does it become the status of that? Does it become in this like like uh, in the the essence of the fast, or is it just merely a tashlumim, a makeup day for that um, for, for for the fast that really should take place on Shabbat? And in this case, if you argue this, in essence, is still taking place on Shabbat. So the Rebbe suggests that perhaps we can try to answer this with a very interesting ruling. By the Ramah. The Ramah Rabbeir Moshe Istrelish, who is the commentary or the Ashkenazic ruler, Posek, on the Shulchan Aruch and the Beit Yosef. He writes a very interesting thing that what happens on Tainus Esther. Remember, I mentioned that if Shabbos is Erev Purim, then we fast on Thursday. So he writes that what happens if there's a bris, Mila, if there is a circumcision ceremony on Thursday, which calls for a feast, which calls for a suudat mitzvah. Do you fast or do you say no, you can eat because this pushes it away. So he says the people, the, the immediate um, participants like the Mohel and so on, and the Sandik, the father of the child and so on, they should actually eat on Thursday because if there's cause and there's reason for celebration. However, they should fast on Friday. Well, what does that tell you? That even though Thursday was the day of the fast, in this case, they got instruction, they got the green light to eat, not to fast. However, they're not off the hook with fasting. Ah, so it's only just a makeup day, a makeup day for Shabbos. This may prove it, right? So we'll use that as, so to speak, a precedent and prove it here. And now we have the answer here, finish. No, we're not finished yet. Because the Rebbe says, however, I can tell you, that still you cannot compare the two. It's almost like, like, like trying to compare apples and oranges. Why is that? Why is that? Because there's an inherent difference between 
the fast of Esther and the fast of the firstborn. Why is that? Think about it. The fast of the firstborn, we always push off anyway. We always override the fast anyway. We make a seum. Remember, we make a completion ceremony which negates, which voids out the whole fast. And therefore, what happens if, if Erev Pesach falls out on Shabbos? What do we do on Thursday? What do, we, what do we do on this Thursday, which is the makeup day for the fast of the firstborn uh, of, of Erev Pesach? Oh, we also make a seum. So we don't fast on this Thursday. Well, one second, let's analyze this. If indeed the fast was supposed to be on Shabbos, it's just that Thursday is merely a makeup day, as we're trying to argue based on the, on the, on the precedent that we brought from the ruling of Tainus Esther, of the fast of Esther, then how could this seum, how could this completion ceremony that we make on Thursday void out the fast? Because after Thursday comes Friday, and then comes Shabbos, which is, according to this way of thinking, still the actual day of the fast. And nowhere do we find that there is a custom in some way or another to also make a, a, um, a, a completion ceremony, a seum, on the actual day of Erev Pesach, which falls out on Shabbos. Nowhere do we find that. You understand? If you say that the Thursday becomes the day, it becomes like the essential day of the fast as it was warranted by it being pushed off. But now it, so to speak, took the place of Erev Pesach. It took the place of Shabbos. Makes sense that you make a seum and you get off the hook. But if you say no, that it still remains on Shabbos, then how does the seum that we make on Thursday void out the fast that's supposed to come yet still later, but we just technically we can't fast it. Okay? Now... Perhaps one would suggest the following explanation that still this to which you just said is still not strong enough to prove that Thursday took the place of Shabbos. Why is that? Because there are many commentators, which many halachic commentators, which explain that really, how does this seum, how does the completion ceremony of a tractate take the place of a fast day? So they give the following logic, which is actually true. And the logic is as follows. The reason why we fast on Erev Pesach, or why we're the firstborn are supposed to fast, is to commemorate the miracle that happened to them, and in, in a sense, continues to happen to them. Okay? But that, if that was the case, I, I'm sorry, and therefore the argument would be that the same we're doing on Thursday. By making the seum, by making the completion ceremony on Thursday, we have essentially commemorated the miracle now. So instead of having to fast to commemorate the miracle, we substitute it as we do every year with a completion ceremony. But the Rebbe says that's not a sufficient explanation to do away with that argument. Why not? Because if that were the case, then why in the first place establish the fast to Thursday? Don't switch the fast. Don't switch the day and just be, let it be the custom that on Shabbos, instead of fasting, because you cannot fast, everybody should, as a rule, every, every firstborn as a rule, should hear a completion ceremony, should take part in this great celebration of a seum, of a mesechta, and that will be Zeichel and Es. But nowhere do you find the argument that this should happen. 
Okay? So therefore, at this point, we have to go back to the original argument of the Tainit Esther, that that the Tainit Esther, the fast of Esther, where there you see clearly that the Ramah says, he directs us to eat on Tainit Esther, which was on Thursday instead of Shabbat, right? The makeup day of Shabbat, and then fast on Friday. So perhaps this should be our precedent with which we're going to go and just answer the question here and move on. Says the Rebbe, no, not so fast. Why not? Because I can still make the following argument, that there's an inherent difference in the quality of this of this uh, fast, of the quality, so to speak, of the halachic status of the fast. In other words, there are inherently two types of things. You cannot compare them. And like I said before, it's almost like comparing oranges and apples. Why is that? Think about it for a moment. Think about it. The fast of Esther is practiced when? When do we typically do it? Except for when it falls on a Shabbat. When do we practice the fast of Esther? On the 13th of Adar. The day prior to Purim. You know why? Because as it's stated in the Megillah, this was the actual day that, quote, the Jews stood up to fight for their lives. This Jew stood up to protect themselves. And this is when the miracle actually occurred. This is when we were in danger, and this is when Hashem delivered us from the danger. Versus the fast of the firstborn, which even on a regular year, that it's either Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever, whatever day of the week it is, it is inherently not on the actual day of the miracle. Why so? Because I mentioned in the introduction, the, the day of the miracle, the day that the firstborn were in the danger and they were delivered from the danger, that was when? The 15th, the night of the 15th of Nisan. So even in the best year, the fast is already a nitcha, the fast is already a pushed off fast. Now it's kind of a double pushed off fast. So maybe perhaps what applies to the fast of Esther, it does not apply to the fast of the firstborn. And that's why we cannot answer by taking a, by taking, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a cue from the ruling of the Ramah, you know, regarding a, the fast of Esther, uh, you know, and, and the uh, celebration of a Brit Milah. Okay? Now, all of this actually takes on a whole nother ramification when you think of it in terms of a child. A young boy who's about to turn 13. What is if this young boy, his birthday is on Erev Pesach? In other words, on that very Shabbat, which is his, the day of his bar mitzvah, the eve of Pesach, he turns 13. And now he goes from being a minor and that turn, and now he's an adult. And now he's fully obligated in all the mitzvot including this practice of the fasting on the the fasting of the firstborn what happens now again do we view the th- the thursday as a makeup for shabbat in that case you got you have a dilemma you see because typically the rule is that the father the father fasts on behalf of his minor son is my his minor, you know, firstborn son. The father fasted, and then when he turns thirteen, he takes over and fasts for himself. So then, 
the father can't fast for him. Why? Because the father is going to fast, is going to make up for something which he really will be obligated on his own because on the day when he should have been fasting or when we all should have been fasting, he in fact will be no longer a minor, he will be an adult. On the other hand, on the other hand, if you say that in fact the fast has converted and gone over to Thursday, then maybe he should. He should um, be fasting for his son because at the time of the fast, his son is not yet an adult. He's still a minor. See, you see how this can apply in a very interesting, in, interesting, uh, in, interesting sense. And this actually, it, it, it actually, um, you know, if I'm sorry, if you should say. Right, okay, so basically, if, 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 if either way you go, you have a problem. Should the father fast for him, or should he fast for himself? Now, you're going to make the argument that maybe he should, the child, who is technically, you know, going to be, he's going to be bar mitzvah in two days, and since this fast is what's going to be in two days, therefore he should, chi- he should, he should, fast, on, he should fast on Thursday, and the answer is no. Because where do you find that a minor, meaning a cotton, somebody who's not yet par mitzvah, should be able to perform a mitzvah, and it should count for the time of when he's going to be an adult. So it cannot count for later for when he's going to be an adult, because now he's not an adult. How can he do something now for what's going to be later? Now, on the other hand, it's very difficult to imagine that for all the years prior and post this year, he will have a connection and involvement in this, in this observance. Namely, till he was bar mitzvah, his father fasted for him, and after he's bar mitzvah, he's going to fast, and that this year, he will be totally excluded, because we don't know what to do, either way you cut the cake, either way you cut the pie, it doesn't work out that someone should have to fast for him, or he should fast on his own. And therefore, this leads to all, all kinds of confusion, that, you know, what exactly, what exactly is it that, 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 that is the status of this fast, Okay? And the Rebbe says that the following an argument can be made that even the minor that is not yet bar mitzvah and his bar mitzvah is going to be on Shabbos that he doesn't lose out on the fast. And this is even if we should maintain that the fast was merely pushed off, meaning that it was not relocated, so to speak, to Thursday, but rather the Thursday is the makeup day, as we called it, for Shabbat. And here it is. And this actually would also apply to the Purim as it fell out this year. You remember this year Purim was on the 14th and the 15th was on Friday and Shabbat. Now the 14th is the Purim for the entire world as we mentioned. And Shabbat is the Purim which we celebrate in Yerushalayim as we discussed in the introduction. Now what happens on Shabbat? You cannot read the Megillah. So what do they do? The rule is that the Megillah is read on Friday for everyone universally. Even the people of Yerushalayim join in in the reading of the Megillah on Friday. Question, if a child is turning, a minor is turning bar mitzvah on that Shabbos, on the 15th, he lives in Jerusalem. So what does he do now? Does he hear the Megillah on the 14th? Does he listen to the Megillah on the 14th? But when he listens to the Megillah on the 14th, he's a minor. So that only falls into the category of chinuch. It only falls into falls into the, to the obligation of his father being obligate, obligated to educate him, to rear him, to bring him up in the ways of Torah. But it doesn't have the same validity, the same status, the same value as an adult who performs a mitzvah. 
And therefore the question is, what is he to do? He cannot read the Megillah on Shabbos. Friday is merely being read on Friday for Shabbos. On Shabbos he turns Bar Mitzvah when is his actual obligation. How does he ever make up that year's Megillah reading? Because on Friday he cannot read, he cannot listen to the Megillah and fulfill it, the obligation in, this, in, 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 in the manner as if he were doing it on Shabbat. Because he's not that same person on Friday that's the same person that's going to be on Shabbat. He becomes a different person. He goes from being a minor to being an adult. And says the Rebbe, the answer to this is very, very simple. And this is an idea that is quite logical and obvious. And this brings in another area of halacha. And that's called machshire mitzvah. Machshire mitzvah means that in, in regards to the prep of a mitzvah, the prep of a mitzvah actually takes on almost the same value of the mitzvah itself. Thus, the Rebbe makes the following argument. It's obvious that not only is there an obligation on the father and mother to educate their child, but the child himself, in this case a bar mitzvah boy, the child himself or herself, they, and likewise the Rebbe makes the argument, somebody who is practicing to convert to Judaism, as they get closer to that date, as they get closer to the time that they're going to become obligated, full-fledged obligated in mitzvot, in the case of a minor when they become an adult, or in the case of a non-Jew when they actually convert, they have a chiyuv, they have a halachic obligation to perform the mitzvot, to conduct the mitzvot, to train themselves in the mitzvot, so this way when the time comes, they're already initiated, they're already prepared, well prepared to perform the mitzvot and they know all the details and so on and so forth. Thus, this falls under the category of machshire mitzvah, the hechsher mitzvah, the preparation of a mitzvah, which in many cases and, 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 and for many uh, intents and purposes has the same value and the same reward as the mitzvah itself. According to this, we can resolve the entire issue. Either way, you cut this pie. The boy who turns bar mitzvah on the 15th of Adar, yes, he should hear the Megill on the 14th. And yes, it's considered, he's almost like acting as an adult right now. For all the other purposes, for all the intended purposes, he's not yet an adult. But for this mitzvah, he is acting as an adult. Especially considering the fact that he cannot do it tomorrow. This is the only time he can do the mitzvah for when he will be an adult, which will be tomorrow. And likewise in this fast. Either way you view it, whether it's merely a makeup day for the actual day, or you say that it actually transferred, it relocated to Thursday, the, the fast of the firstborn. The fact is that since he's becoming bar mitzvah on Erev Pesach, which would be the day of his obligation, he now fasts himself, not his father, but the Rebbe concludes that he himself should fast in order to, quote, prepare himself for this mitzvah that he is obligated to do then, and therefore this entire matter is resolved without, uh, without further ado.